From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. Uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool ant that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey, do you like the No Guilt Mom podcast? If so, could we ask you a little favor? Could you possibly, you know, share it with some friends? Share it! (laughs) We are trying to get the podcast out to so many more women so that more women feel less shame when it comes to parenting, have solutions that involve their whole family and doesn't put all of the work on them and just make a happier world. Yes, because you know what? Sharing is caring, people. Sharing is caring. (laughs) So who could you share with? Share with your next door neighbor. You could share with your dog sitter. You could share with the McDonald's drive-thru worker, although they'll probably be recommending it to their parents. You could share it with your friends at the park. You can share it with your doctor's office receptionist. You can share it with your parents who are going to share it with their friends who have grandchildren. Ooh, you could share it with your aunt who likes to share all the things you're working on with everyone around. So please share the No Guilt Mom podcast. We are so grateful for you. And now let's get on with the show. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here with my red lipstick co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello. Isn't that how you expect somebody to talk to us, red lipstick? Hello, hello, hello. hello. Red lipstick (laughs) does make you feel a little more sultry. Like I do have it on too. It does. But you know what else it does? Hmm. My family doesn't want to kiss me too often. Oh, my gosh. Kiss them. (laughs) Like, I'll go to, like, kiss my son on his head because, like, he's 15. So, like, I got to get, like, his hair part because he won't let my lips go anywhere near the top of his forehead because he's like, no, no. You have left red lipstick before. My my husband comes to me and it's like the tiniest little peck on the lips when I'm wearing red lipstick. And you're like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. It's the red lipstick. Well, actually, though, he's helping me out because something that I did not know about red lipstick until I started wearing it is it gets everywhere it does we were just going out to dinner and my husband's like hey you got a little red lipstick right there on your chin i'm like well thank you for letting me know I I, that is that that i think is the worst it ends up everywhere i don't even i can't even compare it to anything else it's just it's like it's like a gremlin it just appears all over you it just it starts to grow and the red goes everywhere but it, it does, does look pretty it does and you know what <laughs> it kind of makes me feel more confident because you're out there you're bold you're standing out And it's one of those little rebel things you can do to stand out and make people notice you. Yes, without having to like, you know, do a mohawk or something else like that. Because I have to tell you, every (laughs) single time that Brie and I get on an interview and we're wearing the red lipstick, our guest is always like, I didn't get the memo today about the red lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, yep. We're like, yeah, we share. We share. We share. But today we are talking about 
needing a break. Oh my gosh, yes, because this is something that I feel is a huge, huge thing that so many of us as moms don't realize what's happening until we're, we're just so desperately in need of a break that we've, we've passed the point of, of graciously taking a break. Because we do so much for other people that we don't do anything for ourselves. I mean, just on Mother's Day, Mother's Day and my birthday are two days where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch Netflix. And by the way, a Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix, who I recommend. Okay, I haven't seen that one. I recommend, but I really love all things London, and it's set in London, and it's also a thriller, and it's in the law. And in in like in England, all of the barristers, I think that's what they're called, barristers, they still wear the wigs. And so that's really oh, interesting to like look at. like all the people in parliament and such? Is that what, they, or is that what no, you No, they're lawyers. Barristers oh, are lawyers, lawyers. Oh. I think. I don't know. I could, if you, <laughs> please correct me. <laughs> I'm so uncultured about this. I had no idea. We need a fact check because I'm just <laughs> pulling things out. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a very good one. Anyways, I love to just sit there and do nothing. And always when people around me are working, I have this little twist of guilt in my stomach. And I say little, but it's really not little. It's a huge twist of guilt in my stomach that I should be doing more and I should be participating and doing things for others. So I asked my husband, I'm like, is it okay that I'm sitting here? And he's like, yes, of course. And then I'm reading this book right now by Eve Rodsky called Find Your Unicorn Space. And in it, she talks about how men, when they come home, they see the home as their leisure space. They're like three times more likely to engage in a leisure activity at home, whereas women really don't see it as that. They see it as almost a workspace. If they don't work from home or if they're not stay-at-home moms, which is all work on its own, then they see it as like their second work environment. I 100% can agree with that. Yeah, I think it's I, totally I can't think true. Of, yeah, I can't think of anyone that I know that wouldn't say, yeah, I have things I have to do at home and their spouse or their parenting partner might not see it that way. Oh yeah, my husband, he comes in and he has an office downstairs and he's here doing his New York Times crossword puzzle or all his other word games on his phone, mm-hmm. listening to the Twitch stream, uh, doing all of these things that are fun and relaxing. And I'm here running around and my son's like, mom, I need this. And my daughter's like, I need this. And I feel like I don't ever get a chance to rest. I totally agree with it. He has this leisure time. I don't have the leisure time, but how... Is that his fault? And how is it my fault? Like, how do I contribute to that situation? Because I'm guessing I do contribute to that situation. You're right. You're right. That is like the, I think that is the hard part because it's when, which which I think actually is part of the reason why we don't even realize a lot of times as women that we're dealing with burnout. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much easier to to see something, see something that somebody else is doing and not be able to see how we are contributing to it. Yeah, because I bet from my point of view, I'm like, well, why can't he help with the kids? And from his point of view, he's why like, can't why can't she, she just relax? sit down and relax? <laughs> I know exactly, right? Why can't she just relax? Yeah. I don't know why, God help me. <laughs> I don't me. know why I can't relax. I don't know why. Uh, <sighs> so we're going to talk about how to know if you need that break and how to actually take it. Yes, and what to do to fix it. So, you know, we we have got a fantastic episode for you guys. We are stoked. This episode of the No Get Mom podcast is brought to you by... 
Calm and Happy Parenting. Whoop, whoop. Calm and Happy Parenting is our flagship course here at No Guilt Mom. In it, we lay out the steps to take to get your family to take on more responsibility in the house. So you're not the one running around and doing everything, but you're actually helping them contribute and communicating your needs in a way so you feel things are taken care of and you have more of that space for yourself. So go check out Calm and Happy Parenting. You can go to No Guilt Mom com click on courses it's right there we also have a link for you in the show notes and now on with the show you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it we're going to help you delegate and step back Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Okay, let's talk some burnout. I know. That sounds like a happy subject. (laughs) It is. Well, it's it's going to be a happy subject because we're not going to leave you guys hanging. But when I was researching for this episode, I found some very, very interesting facts. Hmm. Um, So I'm just going to throw out like two numbers. And I'm curious if you guys would have the same reaction I did. So when I was looking through, I found that according to a 2021 data search, it is estimated that up to 5 million parents in the United States experience burnout every year. Mm -hmm. 5 million. And about 13% of all of those, uh, of all burnout throughout the world are mothers. Yeah, I imagine it. I would actually, that surprises me because I would expect that percentage to be much higher based on like what we hear. I, I think so. But you also have to remember that there are that work burnout. Yeah. And that's pretty prevalent no matter what your age is. I think that's where that kind of comes from. So like they're not so when it says 13% are mothers overall, they're attributing their burnout to their their duties as a mom. Okay. Not in any other capacity. That they're feeling like they are burnt out. So and it's interesting too, because like we had an episode where we talked with one of our good friends, Dr. Cheryl Ziegler, mm-hmm. and she has the book Mommy Burnout. And if you would like to listen to that episode, by the way, it is episode 10 of the No Get Mom podcast. And she talks a lot about there's different types of mommy burnout mm-hmm. and all the different ways that uh, it can come up on us. But I think a lot of times, and she talks about this in her book and in her episode, we don't even know it's there half of the time. We don't. It's hard to realize when you actually need a break and when you're burnt out because I think we get so used to operating in the norm and we just think that this these feelings of rage and these feelings of annoyance and frustration that they're just normal parts of parenting and they're really not. I would say like, well, they can be normal because so many of us have it. So let me just normalize it that way for you. If you're feeling str- frustrated, stressed out, and and I don't want to say rageful, but I do think that that is a good way to describe it. It's rageful. <laughs> it's rageful. It, but it's right. I will say rageful. You I are. feel rageful. You are. So like, it, I think so many of us feel that, that we are normalizing it. Mm-hmm. And we're not realizing that that isn't normal. That's no. not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's not how it's supposed to be. I was just reading in a Facebook group this weekend. A mom posted, I was so happy before I had kids and now I'm mad all the time. How Aww. can I get my happy self back again? That's sad. That makes me, that breaks my heart. But I think she's really describing something that all of us feel. Like we feel to be moms, we have to give everything to our kids and 
sacrifice ourselves. And it's really the point of sacrificing ourselves that comes, that makes us burnt out. And I mean, I, right. I am not perfect in this. And I know you would probably say you're not perfect in it either. Oh, definitely. time. Yeah. For yourself. But I think one thing that we can move towards is being a little more self-aware that this is the issue. Right. And that is really all we can expect because until we're aware of it, we can't fix it and we can't work on it. So let's start there. Yes. Let, let's talk about how to be aware. So how let how can you tell that you are near burnout and that you definitely need a break? Hey, all it is Joanne and Bree here, and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like streetcar tracks, and my bike's tire, like, went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just, like, skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me nothing at all and it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing and active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid when applied to the skin the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse soothe irritation reduce inflammation and support healing i've used it on my son's mosquito bites and i wish i would have had it the time i totally scraped up my hands Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Well, as we talked about already, you start feeling really resentful and bitter yeah. and rageful. 
And I, and I think part of it too, like, and that comes down to like, you start to get upset when you see other people having relaxing time. Like we were talking about with, with our spouses sometimes. Yes. Oh with my our gosh. parenting partner, if they're sitting and relaxing and we're doing something else for the family, sometimes we look at them and we just see. Oh, yeah. It's like, how can you be sitting there right now when I am dealing with a million things and running up and down the stairs and managing bath time and managing all the kids' emotions and you're just sitting there oblivious on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we it just, gets mad. Yeah, we start mad. to feel, just feel resentful and bitter towards other people that aren't as stressed out as us. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good thing. No. No, no not really. No, no, it just doesn't. It's not fun. It's not helpful. It's no. It's not fun. I don't like feeling angry all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> exactly. Like there's a whole lot else we can add to this one. No more you're rageful. Feeling, yes. You're feeling rageful, resentful, bitter. Yes. What, so like in number two, what, what's another thing that they can tell that they need a break? You're snapping at everyone. Yeah. I, I notice this when my son is asking me to do fun activities and I'm like, no. <laughs> and it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. But I'm sure a lot of people can relate when their kids come and ask them to do fun things that maybe we don't really think of fun as fun. Yeah. Yeah, I distinctly remember a moment where I had something like that, like a moment of clarity. I was at home with my kids, uh, and I want to say they were both in lower elementary. So like my oldest might have been in kindergarten or first grade, which means my youngest was in kindergarten or preschool at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they one of them spilled a cup of water on the carpet. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I don't know, I think it was my bedroom. I flipped out. I completely flipped out. Like, I, I was just like, I can't believe you did that. And then like within like 30 seconds, I see how upset my kids are and I can't and I'm able to be like, okay, that's not okay. So I get down, I give them a hug and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Mommy shouldn't have done that. I was upset about something else. And then I had a moment of introspection that, oh my God, I just flipped out over water. Mm -hmm. Water. It wasn't going to ruin anything. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Maybe half a cup of water. Like, yeah. so we're talking four ounces. And, and, I, and I think that many people have had your same moment. Mm-hmm. But they may have gone inward and had a lot of shame attached to that moment. Like, how dare I flip out over water? But that's really not the issue at play here. Well, and I feel like you can have that shame, but you have to work through it. And like you just said, it's not that. It's like, it's it really isn't about the water. It's like really not said. about controlling yourself either. Yeah. It's really comes before that it's about giving yourself the space and the time to take care of you before you take care of everybody else because when we're at that point it's dr mona delahook in her book brain body parenting she calls it a body budget our body budget is so at its limit that we can no longer control our reactions to situations. Like at that point with the water, it was beyond your conscious control. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that is the moment where I don't know how I had that clarity, but just of like, okay, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to fix something because I can't continue like this. Yeah. And I, and I did end up like at that point, like, getting some like space and I don't remember what I did for it but I was very thankful for the fact that I was able to introspect that because I feel like a lot of us we have so much going on we can't do that we can't um but it's good to listen yeah to things like these and to maybe have that moment where you think hmm my body budget may be at its limit right now (laughs) and I'm not alone (laughs) and then I'm not alone yeah yeah so what's another way that we can tell when uh when we all need a break So you just aren't present. You're thinking of other things, which I also think being present is a shameful thing that's put on moms. (laughs) Do do you see that everywhere where it's like, be intentional, be present with your kids because they're only young once. And I'm like, you know what? 
No, like this is the wrong message. Like this is more of a warning sign rather than a thing that you should think you have control over. That is that is the important part to notice. Like when your body is there, but your mind isn't there. And like for me, it also comes into play with like my memory. Mm -hmm. Like I I start to have trouble remembering what happened recently. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking like whole days being gone. But I mean, you, you start to realize that more often than not, someone like you had a conversation, someone reminds you of it and you're like, oh, I don't remember talking about that. Or, oh, I don't remember. Let me think about what I did after dinner last night. I do not remember for the life of me what I did after dinner. And if you're starting to have that stress, mm-hmm. right, where you're not present in the moment, you're just kind of on autopilot all the time. Yeah. That's a warning sign. That is a warning sign. What about the fourth thing? The fourth thing is easy and not easy at the same time. You're feeling tired. You're feeling sick. You're feeling run down. Maybe you've had like changes in your eating habits. Mm-hmm. So this is those physical cues But I think sometimes we like to say something like, oh, I just seem to keep picking up all the bugs right now. Yeah. And it's like, well, are you? (laughs) Or is this your body saying, I am done. I am done. Well, it's interesting because it really goes back to putting everyone else but ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And also thinking that we can be a bit of superwomen so that yes. if something else comes into our lives, we're like, we can handle it. Yes. We can take it care of. It is okay. Yeah. When it's it's not. I think I saw that really fully when we did the Happy Mom Summit where we had a lot of busyness come into our lives as well as you know, my other things of taking care of my kids. Uh, like my husband had big work projects at the time, which is common, trying to get dinner on the table and also thinking that like this summit, which was very exciting and wonderful and amazing, but that I could somehow just fit it in without anything else yeah, dropping. without taking anything else. Without out. taking anything without else Without making out. room for it. And what happened was that, yeah, I did fit it in, but you know what suffered? My care of myself. My exercise dropped down to nothing. My sleep dropped down. I drank a lot more to get through it. I ate a lot more to get through it. And I really didn't put myself first in that moment. And right. I think that's what a lot of us do. Yeah, a lot of us do do that. So... So take that moment, think, just take a second here and pause. Reflect back on how you're, if, if you have felt like any of the things that we've said so far match up with you, things that you're going through, things that you're feeling right now, take a moment on this number four. Think about whether or not you've got those physical characteristics going on too. If those are happening too, chances are really good that mama, you need a break. You need a break. And we're going to tell you how. So let's talk about how to fix this because number one, it's being self-aware, which hopefully these things that we kind of, you know, made you aware of can help you find out if it's happening in your life. And then also first fix, what can we do? We can ask for what we need, which sounds big. I know, doesn't it? Yeah. And a lot of times we don't even know what we need. So that was my point. You were so good at helping with this clarity. (laughs) I'm going to like, I'm tossing this one off to Joanne and help us figure out how we can figure out what we need. What we need. So I am a big fan of journaling right now. And I, I was one of those people who's like journaling, whatever, like how would that help? What a waste of my time. It's just one more thing to do. But when you sit, sit down with a pen and a piece of paper, Paper, at least for me, it slows down my brain and it helps me actually focus on the feelings in my body and how I am feeling right now. I just found this cool study that it was from UCLA. When you attach feeling an emotion name to a feeling, 
you actually decrease the activity in your amygdala, which is your stress response. So you actually decrease your stress response when you name a feeling. And with when you journal, you could just start with I feel. I feel like anxious. And then I list everything that's making me feel anxious. And while I list those things that's making me feel anxious, something else comes out. And I'm always surprised at the end exactly what is going on in my thought process in my brain. It really helps me clarify what I need and it helps me clarify of behaviors that I have that are not helping me and not serving me. Uh, So something like asking for what you need here one of the things I found recently during journaling is that I I tend to be a learning junkie. Okay. And I will I just, agree with that. Yes. I sign up for course after course and I'm always taking in new material and new material. And as I was writing, I found that I had a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear there of me not being able to succeed or not being able to do the stuff I do. And through journaling, I was able to realize that sometimes I use the learning and one more book as this way to cope with my fear that I can delve deeper into learning about a topic instead of actually putting myself out there and implementing what I learn. Interesting. Yeah, that I use it as I use it as a coping mechanism. So one of those things it came out during journaling and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was like, now I see why people journal. And me, I'm like, that sounds like a therapy session for me. And something else I felt like this whole summit that I mentioned earlier, when I journaled about it, I realized that I was not taking the time to put myself first. And in a situation like that, I, next time something like that happens, I'm going to need to sit down with my husband like two or three weeks before it happens and be like, okay, here's what we have. Um, I need to fit in an exercise time because that keeps me sane. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out what meals are that week right now and I need all the help picking up the kids yeah just be so that's a big one right there like Mm -hmm. you had to ask for what you need and it's funny because we talk about that a lot here at No Guilt Mom Mm -hmm. matter of fact we have an entire episode on that episode 131 is on how to get what you actually want how to ask for what you want Mm -hmm. and yet we are still struggling we still work on it it's a work in progress people it's a work in progress it is and I think the only thing that helps is being self-aware To Mm -hmm. know that other people struggle with this, that you are not alone in it. And that gives you permission to delve farther and seeing what you need from it. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. 
Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Right. So so the first thing is to ask for what you need, which is also kind of like rolled in with the figure out what you need. Figure out what you need and ask for it. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is something that I think is is a huge, huge thing. The mm-hmm. second part is, or the second thing to do is to actually set a date. Set a date. So what do you mean by that? So, so by that, like, I think um, it, it's about actually putting on the calendar whatever it is that you need. So like you were talking about like having a big event coming up and asking for what you need with your husband, like set a date, put it on the calendar of when you're going to sit down and talk to him. Mm-hmm. If what you need is a physical break to remove you from the situation, like I need a girl's night. Mm-hmm. I need a, I need a weekend by myself. I just need two hours every week where I am kid free. Mm-hmm. Put it on a calendar because having it set there and having a date set is so powerful. It's there. There's no more, well, I'll get around to putting it on the calendar when I have time. Mm -hmm. I'll get around to it eventually. I am the queen of, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. Oh, yeah. Setting a date helps, which, by the way, Brie, we need to set a date for our next girls' night for everybody. (laughs) I do think about that a lot. We do, yes. So Because, like, right now, like, we do girls' nights a lot. Um, but we, in the we chat, try to do it as like monthly. We did it perfect. January. We did it February. And March. Fell off. They, well, it just went. <laughs> guess what happened in March? The summit. <laughs> <laughs> Where you know something big happens, yeah. other things go to the wayside. Yeah. Uh, but setting a date just commits everyone to that mm-hmm. because if you're like us, I mean, you probably are. But in our girls group, it's been. Oh, yeah, we do, we do need to have a girls' night. Yes. We do need to have a girls' night. And guess what? We've been saying that for three months now. Because you know why? Because you tell yourself, I'll get around to it when mm-hmm. things calm down. Yeah. And if you are in a spot where you need a break because you're starting to go on burnout, guess what, girl? That that calm down, it is not happening. Things are never going to calm down. <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's so funny zone. because also in the Ivrotsky book, she talks about that. She's like, you know what? You're never going to magically have more time for yourself. You actually need to put it in your schedule. And everything else is going to fill up around that time. Yes, yes. Okay, so that leads us into our next thing. So we've asked for what we figured out what we needed. We asked for it. We set a date. What's number three? Commit to yourself. Yeah. Actually do it. Right, right. Do it's, it. so, it's so important because like you already said, like as moms, we're always putting the needs of others mm-hmm. in front of our own. So treat yourself the way that you would treat a loved one. Like if you have a loved one that's burnt out, say like your, your best friend, your mom, whatever, and you know they're struggling, mm-hmm. you would do whatever you could to help support them probably, right? Yeah, because like, that's just, that's just kind of like how we are, uh-huh. right? Treat yourself with that kind of respect and that support. Yes. Yes, you have to make sure, commit yourself, put yourself first, put this first. You need to be your biggest cheerleader. 
And that's the hard thing. I I read that recently in a book by Jamie Kern Lima. It's called Believe It. I'm listening to it on audiobook right now. It is very inspirational. Oh my gosh, especially if you're an entrepreneur. But she says that you have to be your biggest cheerleader because other people aren't going to know about the hard work that you do. Uh, One of the ways you could be your biggest cheerleader, and this is really, it sounds so cheesy, or as my kids would say, cringy, but I've been doing <laughs> affirmations in the mirror where I actually look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Joanne, you are working so hard. Look at this success you've had. Look at this success you had. Can you believe that you've come this far? And at first it feels cringy, but then I start talking to myself in the mirror and I almost start crying because it's hard to take good stuff. It's easier almost to take the negative stuff because you're like, oh, that's true. Well, and I think that we've also been conditioned, many of us, to be humble. Yeah. And we miss and we mistake being humble for not giving ourselves, you know, props for what we are able to Mm -hmm. do. And that and that is what that is what makes it struggle. And you know what? Affirmations weren't something that were positive and were useful. They wouldn't be everywhere, people. They (laughs) And they as are a everywhere. Former affirmation um, snubber. <laughs> I think many of us are like we're all fine with other people doing it. Yeah, it's great. I think That's you should, great. You do, should that. do that. It's never worked for me. But the thing <laughs> is, is affirmations. I used to think they meant just telling yourself really blase stuff in the mirror, like you are worth it. You can do this, and those don't work. That's not the affirmations okay. that you yourself need to hear. I'm going to say I blame that on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, do you remember that? The like, ang- the, I forgot it's what Stuart the guy was. Like, yeah, yeah, Al Franken. And gosh darn it you're worth it he because it was a since it was a comedy skit I think it it definitely made me feel like if I do that then I am I'm a dork because it's a comedy skit yeah so I I felt that way too yeah I I don't know how many remember that but yeah but they can't be blase they actually have to you have to take your deepest fears and your anxieties and you have to switch them when you do your affirmations so like one of my deepest fears and anxieties is that other people will think I'm unqualified or not like worthy enough or don't know enough it's imposter syndrome and so with my affirmations I have to look in the mirror and I'm like look at this look at this proof you have look at this proof you have look at what you did here and that is how I counter my own fears. And those are all the things you would do for somebody else that you Mm -hmm. love and cherish. So love and cherish yourself too, people. We're we're worth it. We deserve it. Yeah. The affirmations, they, they help. So they do to yourself. All right. So so number four, what's the last one we have here to help work through this? Yield the word. It's not taking on everything yourself. And we talk about this a lot in Calm and Happy Parenting as well as our balance workshops and our balance VIP program. It's all about delegating work to other people in your family. And then here's the hard part actually letting them do it. I know, right? Like I think the biggest one that I see that sort of has a simple solution, but it's it's it can be complicated getting people to get to that simple solution mm-hmm. is I need time away from my kids. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of yeah, buts with that. I need time away from my kids. Yeah, but my spouse works mm-hmm. so much. He can't come home in time to watch the kids. Or yeah, but I don't have any family in town. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, but I don't have any friends that could like take on watching my kids on top of their others. Guess what? 
you got to work through those. There's yeah buts for everything. There is yield yeah it, yield it. And I think a lot of the yeah buts come from this fear of rejection because we take the yeah buts, but they're not based on fact. They're based on what we think other people will respond to when we yes. ask them to. We're already we're already setting up the failure before it's even happened. Yeah, and I mean, I would say I do that a lot too. I I usually don't ask for things unless I'm 99% certain I'm gonna get them, and. I think a lot of people do that. It's like the whole survey that's been out with the men and women applying for different jobs. Like men will apply for a job that they're only 60% qualified for, while women will only apply for a job if they're like 95% qualified for. Oh, yes, 100%. So it comes down to that. And we might be unsure about asking for help. We might be unsure about yielding the work. We don't know how it's going to go. And that's okay. That's how it should be. Right. But you have to ask. Go back to that number one. You have to ask for what you need. So take that step. If you need a break, because I think that that's a lot of times when it comes to burnout, Mm -hmm. especially as moms. A lot of us, it's as simple as just giving us some time away. Mm -hmm. If you ask your spouse and they say, no, they can't, you don't have family in town or you asked your family and they said, no, you asked a friend if you could do like a date swap, which by the way, so many of your friends will do. (laughs) I can guarantee you that there are so many of your mom friends that'll be like, yes, I will take your kids for this day and you take my kids for that day. Or if you have older kids, like I am already working out a scenario where you, me and Thera, we can get all of us and all of our spouses out if we can just convince our two daughters to go and babysit oh, which my daughter- Sarah's kids. Oh, yeah. And then they could come out with us. Oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could get my daughter to do that one. But if you can't do that, like yeah. just find a sitter. There are so many apps out there and places in town. Ask a friend that, that you know, does have a sitter. Like, who do they use? And neighborhood Facebook groups, they're the best because you can just ask for recommendations for people in your area and they will tell you straight up. There's so many other ways you can yield the work. If what you feel like you need is to have a break from house cleaning, see about getting somebody to help. Yes. Either asking the family to do more or getting a maid service. That is a great splurge, I feel like. Totally worth it. I have yeah. someone clean my house every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, there There are a lot of different ways around this, but yielding the work, letting go of what you're holding on to, that is burning you out is so important. So until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.